Deer hunting season begins today. That means hunters who like to use bait can't because of the new ban. And the reaction from hunters is pretty mixed. Certainly there's an awful lot of conversation amongst deer hunters in baiting. And you know, it's pretty well split. That's coming up on Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in Northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm your host, Dan Wanshura. It's opening day, but some hunters are staying home. That's because a baiting ban is in effect across much of the state, and some are pretty unhappy about it. Lawmakers are also pushing to reverse the rule. But the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, which enforces the ban, says it's necessary to protect hunting in the state. IPR's Taylor Wisner has more. At his home in Long Lake, hunter Greg Nicolau organizes his clothes and does a final check of his gun. It's an old-style lever-action rifle that, uh, that I've had for about 35 years. So. This weekend, he is hunting on a friend's land in Old Mission Peninsula. But Nicolau often hunts in the UP. And when he's there, he has limited time, so he lures deer with bait. Baiting is still allowed in most parts of the UP, but it was banned entirely in the Lower Peninsula this year. The Michigan DNR instituted the ban because they say that deer congregating in the same place increases the potential for spreading diseases, like chronic wasting disease and bovine tuberculosis. Nicolau says he's in favor of the bait ban because it's what state scientists agree is best. But he sympathizes with hunters who want to bait. Some people think that it's a great thing and it's the only way they know how to hunt. Frankly, you know, they've been doing it for the last 20 years, and that's they don't know how to pattern deer. He says it can be hard to hunt without baiting in northern Michigan. And he says some people won't go out if they're not sure they'll come home with a buck. He worries the bait ban might dissuade new hunters from sticking with the sport. You know, getting young people involved and letting them see deer without spending 12 hours sitting on a stump, it really makes a difference to have those young people interact with those animals early on in their hunts. Across the country, hunting has been on the decline. Younger people aren't picking up the sport like their parents and grandparents did. According to the Michigan DNR, the number of state hunting licenses sold in the 1990s has been cut in half today. Chad Stewart is the deer management specialist for the state. He's been tracking deer licenses, which have been going down 4.7% this year compared to last. But Stewart says he's not convinced that's due to the ban, since the decrease is in line with a downward trend in recent years. Certainly, I would not be surprised if a few individuals um, did not pursue deer this year because of the baiting and feeding ban. I don't know if I'm expecting a massive decline or drop-off in total hunter numbers um, because we've, we haven't seen that before. He says the Lower Peninsula was under a bait ban 10 years ago and did not see a large drop-off of hunters. Still, with about 50 to 80 percent of surveyed hunters reporting they use bait, he knows the ban won't be popular. And if they sell fewer hunting licenses this year, that means there is less money for habitat building programs that protect other species like grouse and turkeys. When you talk about building a house, you know, it's the foundation is the deer management program. 
that so many other things are reliant upon. Meanwhile, the Michigan legislature is working on a bill that would reverse the ban. Amy Trotter, the executive director of Michigan United Conservation Club, says that's a mistake. Her organization represents sportsman clubs across the state, and she says they support the ban, even though some of the hunters bait. For MUCC, at least, it's not about baiting. It's, it's about the health of the deer herd, and that's what was really important for us to you know, keep at the forefront. We want to make sure that deer hunting continues into the future. Lawmakers who are against the ban say they don't agree that bait piles allow diseases to spread. The state legislature will take up the bill again after the Thanksgiving holiday. And after a few have already caught their eight-point bucks, relying on instinct alone. For Points North, I'm Taylor Wisner. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. As deer hunting season begins, turkey hunting season just ended. Yesterday, to be exact. Many hunters look forward to harvesting turkeys for Thanksgiving meals. Others, like Mitchell Nagel, like to hunt the bird and eat it right away. IPR's Noel Riley spoke to Nagel about what he loves about the sport. How long have you been turkey hunting? I've been turkey hunting ever since I can remember. Uh, going out with my dad and grandpa and my mom. Turkey hunting has been in our family ever since my grandpa started back in the 70s when turkeys first came to Michigan. Fall turkey hunting has been really big in our family. That's what our family looks forward to every single season. And do you do other hunting or is it mainly turkey hunting? We do all types of hunting, deer, duck, but I would say turkey hunting is the top priority in the family when it comes to hunting and fishing and outdoor activities or something about uh that's that species that just really brings us together. What is it about that species that really brings you together? It's a little bit different than, uh, I would say, deer hunting and duck hunting. I would say duck hunting is a little more social, and deer hunting is a little more patient. Turkey hunting, I think the reason we like it so much, at least in the spring, is because you got that gobble and you get to play the game with them. And then the fall, it's a little bit change of pace from deer hunting. A lot of people will fall turkey hunt, getting out there and hitting the calls and having them talk back to you. It's, it's that interaction that really brings brings the fortune that I love. Are you eating these birds at Thanksgiving? Um, we we do not, just because there's not usually enough in one turkey for our family, but we will have it about as soon as after we get a bird, my mom will cook it up and we'll make something real good out of it. But I do know a lot of people that try to have a wild turkey at Thanksgiving, and with Michigan season going all the way to November 14th, it provides a good opportunity for a smaller family too have a wild turkey at Thanksgiving. How do you call turkeys? Can you show us? Yeah, so in the in the fall, you if you're targeting hens and poults, you gotta do like a like a little it's called it's called a kiki run. It's a very high pitched call that the babies will make to their moms. And uh this usually will bring the mom running in. And sometimes I just do it right with my with my voice and I can do it with a whistle. This past fall I shot up a bird that came running in right to the whistle and I'll try here like a little three-note high pitch. It's pretty much simple. That's all you got to pretty much do to get some attention. And then I'll put a call in here, and you can uh, also simulate a mom hen uh, trying to gather the flock back together if you do happen to break them up. Just a simple yelp like that can simulate the mom trying to gather all the babies back together. And uh, that's pretty much the simplest way for anybody who's never fall turkey hunted to have the best opportunity at bagging a bird. 
Awesome. Okay, Mitchell, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And good luck with the rest of your hunting endeavors this season. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm Dan Wanshura. This is Points North. Now let's move out of the northern woods of Michigan and travel to another place, a destination provided to us through the lens of an overseas journalist. Charles Eisendrath dropped out of law school to pursue journalism. He spent time in Buenos Aires, London, and Paris as a Time magazine correspondent, and he also taught at the University of Michigan. These days, he splits his time between Ann Arbor and East Jordan. Michigan Writers on the Air host Aaron Stander brings us a book commentary about worldly adventures seen from a northern Michigan perspective. The cold weather is here. Do you need a good book to ease into fall? You might consider picking up a copy of Charles Eisenrath's book of essays, Downstream from Here. You don't have to read this book from front to back. You can drop in anywhere and be transported to the other end of the globe or just up the road. Eisenrath was hired by Time magazine right out of college in the 1960s. He quickly learned to produce the clear, witty, reader-centered stories that made Time the leading news weekly for decades. In one of the opening essays, you're hunkered down in a hotel in Chile during a revolution as the bullets fly. In one of the closing essays, set more than 40 years later, you're flying in a twin-engine Cessna as the Costa Rican jungle comes crashing through the windshield. Of this accident, Eisenrath writes, Oddly, infuriatingly, it was pilot error that saved us. Had he not veered to salute his girlfriend's bedroom, requiring that deep bank in the opposite direction from where we were heading, we would have flipped in the direction of the dead engine. We would have come in wings level, as actually happened, but upside down and most likely decapitated. Eisenrath provides engaging essays on fly fishing, farming, and his lifelong connection to northern Michigan, a relationship that spans the years from his childhood to his recent retirement in the woods near Charlevoix. He profiles his Michigan neighbors, people who know about trees, chainsaws, boats, and cherry orchards. Readers will also find his musings on major news events over the decades, from Vietnam and Watergate to 9-11, and the story of his journey from foreign correspondent to college professor. The book again, Downstream from Here by Charles Eisenrath, is available from booksellers and libraries across the region. For Points North, this is Aaron Stander. That's the show this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Noel Riley is our executive producer. Tune in to Points North every Friday on Interlochen Public Radio or listen online at pointsnorthradio.org.